Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. First, they're facing a third and seven. We'll keep you updated uh, on that game. Bunch of bums. The, the, the hour here on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. Uh, we're with you up until 1 o'clock when we will then hand it off uh, to Larry Kruger and Loneal on the kickoff show. That's an hour away. Those guys have you until 3.30 here on 95.7 The Game, which, of course, is when kickoff is here on 95.7 uh, here in the NFC Championship game. And then Sterling and I will come back for post game. Uh, win or lose, we will be back. Oh, it's going to be Hopefully a win. Hopefully it's going to be a win, but we will be back. Uh, win or lose uh, for postgame here on 95-7 the game on overtime, uh, which will be a ton of fun. Uh, the Niners and Lions, we've talked a little bit about the postseason history between these two teams. Uh, one and one all time. Both games happening in San Francisco, one at Kizar and one at Candlestick. Uh, one and one all time in the postseason. However, Sterling, if you're looking for a little bit of confidence – uh, the Niners have dominated the matchup with the Lions historically. Uh, <laughs> a part of that is because the Lions, uh, as we've talked about, have sucked ha- have, for like 30 years. Have sucked for a very long time. Uh, the Niners have won each of the last two matchups. They've won 11 of the last 12 and 16 of the last 18. That dates all the way back to the 1988 season. And there's been a couple of fun moments in this matchup. You think back to. Uh, let's see, what year was it? The 2011 season, it was the first year of Jim Harbaugh. It was the Harbaugh-Jim Schwartz Bowl early. Oh, the both, handshake. Both, with the- teams were like, <laughs> both teams were like 5-0 and or 4-0 and 5-0. and Something they were both, like that. They were both like the darlings of the early season of the NFL because they kind of came out of nowhere. And then Jim Harbaugh, so hyped up on a win in Detroit, goes in and, and gives Jim Schwartz a hard handshake and a slap on the back, and Jim Schwartz chases him off the field. That was great. And there's like a scrum on the field. as And Jim Harbaugh's like, what the hell's going it's on? Like, like I'm trying to celebrate with my guys. What are you doing? Get, get away from me. And now Jim Schwartz haunted us this year by beating us with the Browns. Yeah, but now he's out of the playoffs, so we don't got to worry Loser! about him Loser! He does kind of have Kyle Shanahan's he number. He really does. <laughs> uh, but Jim Harbaugh and the Niners had his number that day. I know that the the matchup with the Niners and and the Lions in, in the past has absolutely nothing to do uh, with this game here today. Um, but if you are looking for a reason to be a little bit successful, Sterling, the Lions, they haven't had much success against the Niners in their history. Well, don't forget what 2021 San Francisco playing in Detroit. Dan Campbell's first game, Trey Lance's first game. Trey Lance scores the first touchdown of the season for San Francisco. I believe the Trent Sherfield. That's correct. I was going to quiz you, but you didn't even need it. <laughs> Jason Verrett, what, tears his Achilles or ACL? Of one of those. And then San Francisco's beating him by a ton, pull all their starters out. Detroit makes this miraculous comeback, and you're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, San Francisco has to put the starters back in. It becomes the Jimmy G. Debo Samuel Bowl. Yep. They've got there and win the game for San Francisco. And it's like, okay, uh, that game felt like the camera does now going in gigantic circles. Like, what's going on? I can't find my face. 
but thank you, Talk, so much. <laughs> Shout out to the YouTube chat. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Sterling once again. Yeah, thank there you, thank go. you. Uh, didn't glitch myself away. <laughs> you uh, did for a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, but we're, we're back and we're good to go. But then I believe 2018, the home opener against the Lions, Jimmy G gets the win. That was the week prior to him, I think, tearing his ACL against Kansas City. So it came after the loss in Minnesota. Right. They come back home, get the win against the Lions. And then they go to Kansas City and he gets hurt. Yeah. yeah. So like there have been some big moments, or at least maybe some moments overlooked. But Niners and Lions have a rich history uh, that I do think today, albeit, you know, the Lions have like at a point they were putting paper bags on their heads because they were so Not appalled. too long ago. They were they were Lions fans. So uh no disrespect, but uh, I think today San Francisco's success against Detroit shall continue. It is kind of crazy the turnaround the Lions have had. That game you're talking about, the beginning of the 2021 season, Trey Lance comes in at the end of the first drive of the year, throws a touchdown pass to Trent Shurfield, subbing out Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, which Kyle Shanahan would later admit like was not a good thing because it got him out of the rhythm. It wasn't fair to, to Jimmy G and... Trey Lance needed more than just a play here and there and all of that, whatever. That was the beginning of Dan Campbell's first first season as head coach of the Lions. It was against the 49ers. They went 3-13-1 in that season. Two years ago. Really bad. 3-13-1. <laughs> then they went 9-8 and last year. Yeah. Uh, they really struggled early in the season and were one of the best teams in the NFL at the end of last season. Remember, they went into Week 18 last year with a chance to make the playoffs, but then I think Seattle won, knocking Detroit out of contention. Detroit then beat Green Bay to allow Seattle into the playoffs. They were hey, those, those those three teams were fighting for that last playoff spot, uh, and the 49ers or and, and the Lions won in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers, keeping them out of the playoffs. Uh, so they finished nine and eight last year. Another twelve and five this season. They've won two playoff games. It's the first time in Lions franchise history they've won fourteen games, regular and postseason, in a single season. The the turnaround that Dan Campbell has inspired. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with the talent and actually hitting on draft picks. Like my God, their last few drafts have been incredible. But Dan Campbell deserves a ton of credit because he's done something that. Like no coach in Lions franchise history has ever done. You got to go back to like the fifties to find the last <laughs> time a Lions coach had won multiple postseason games. It's crazy. You got to go back to the fifties. Like the turnaround of this Lions team is incredible, and it's why there's a lot of people out there who can't help but feel like, oh, this this is the team of destiny, right? right. This is the team that has fate on their side. This year is our year. They're, they're the Cinderella. Everybody loves them. Like it's hard to shake that kind of feeling because of where they were just two seasons ago. It's impressive. And look, Dan Campbell deserves a ton of credit. Ben Johnson, uh, the owner of, of them, Ford, I believe is her last name, still. Uh, ben Johnson, probably going to be the head coach of the Commanders. Adam Peters. Would be my guess. I would assume so. But, like, they deserve a ton of credit. Like, if you told me on the opening press conference that they were clowning Dan Campbell, rightfully so at the time, <laughs> But nobody believed in him, and for him to get this far, and we're look, gonna bite a kneecap off. Literally, like <laughs> you're like, what? Like, who is this guy? He's just a meathead, knucklehead, and he's far more than just what he was presumed to be. Very smart guy, understands football, gets players, understands analytics. Uh, but 
they're one game away, just like San Francisco is. Which, while they're very similar, I think they're just so different. Like, when I think of San Francisco, in this case, Santa Clara, <laughs> tech companies, entrepreneurs, Kyle Shanahan, you know, smart young guy, you know, he's he's an offensive genius. When I think of Detroit, I think of, you know, Motor City, we're dirty, we're grimy, we, we work with our hands. Blue collar. Blue collar guys and, and and gals. And look, it's they're very easy to like, which makes it even better that today I get to take pride in beating them. <laughs> that we get to collectively say, bye-bye, bye-bye now, Dan Campbell, bye-bye. Because San Francisco needs to stomp them into the ground. And if they don't, my goodness, like San Francisco should have this win wrapped up relatively, what, the third quarter? Like, I don't want to be overconfident. I don't want to be disrespectful. But San Francisco should win this game. Yeah, by, they should. Like, by a lot. They should. <laughs> and going back to the Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jim Schwartz slap at the end of, of that game in 2011, Steve Wilds on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, says, Try slapping Dan Campbell that hard. <laughs> Dan Campbell. I give a smack. <laughs> Dan I wouldn't survive, but I give him a smack. He might rip Kyle Shanahan's head off if he does something like that. There's a picture of Kyle Shanahan just mean mugging Nick Sirianni after they beat Philadelphia oh, in Philadelphia. Man. And I can <laughs> I'm just imagining San Francisco winning today. Like, there's not gonna be that. These two guys have the ultimate respect for each other. Dan Campbell's praising Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's praising uh, Dan Campbell and the Lions. Like, this game doesn't feel like there's bad blood outside of Debo Samuel and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And that's, like, this game doesn't feel like a rivalry game or, like, uh, these two guys hate each other. It's like, yeah, like, we're supposed to be here. Yeah, both teams feel that way. By the way, there is an update in the AFC Championship game. The Ravens got the ball first and punted. The Chiefs then went right down the field. A Travis Kelsey back shoulder touchdown. 7 nothing Chiefs. Both teams have had one drive in Baltimore. It's a cruel winter, huh? 7 nothing. Oh, guess, guess who's on the TV right now? Taylor Swift. Show Jackson Mahomes. The Swifties. Put that guy in jail. 7, <laughs> seven nothing Chiefs in front. Uh... Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. Are they getting hot at the wrong time? The right time. Well, for, for them. them, but for the wrong time, whoever's playing them. Like they just if, limped through the whole regular season and like, uh, it's far from over, Sterling. Far from. Like, but I will. Anybody, I do not. I want will him remind you. This is who you said you wanted to be in the Super Bowl of these two teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of these two teams, I see a lot of dumb things. We'll keep you updated on that one. I had a whole bathroom analogy last week. It didn't go well. Yeah, so it was not good. <laughs> I see no, a lot not of good. Things. Seven nothing Chiefs uh, in the first quarter in Baltimore. Uh, so we spent a lot of time talking about how the Niners have been on this stage before, and 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 they failed. And I think there's kind of. The nerves of Niner fans is like we can't let this happen again. We've we've been through this failure time and time and time again, and it's finally time to get that sixth championship. Let me ask you this, Sterling: If you rewind two years ago, <sighs> if you rewind one year ago, and and you consider how you felt going into those games and how you feel going into this game, you feel infinitely more confident in today than you did in either of those other two games. Correct? Ooh. Right? Rams and Packers. No, Rams and Eagles. Oh, you're sorry. You're right. Sorry, sorry. On the road uh, in L.A. against ooh. the Rams two years ago, on the road in Philadelphia last year, versus how you feel at this moment at home against the Detroit Lions. The Lions would back you up. 
Niners are a seven and a half point favorite right now. Yeah. And I think the Eagles were favored in Philadelphia. I don't remember what the line was in LA against the Rams. It was probably close to a pick'em. Right. But certainly Niners were not more than a touchdown favorite. Maybe, like maybe minus three for the Rams. Something like that. I don't know exactly. But I mean, you gotta feel as confident in an NFC championship game as you have been in the Kyle Shanahan era today. <laughs> now that's not always a great feeling because right. it's almost like oh, <laughs> The pressure's on us. Like, it doesn't feel right to feel this confident. Yes. Because you're not supposed to. It feels like you're underestimating your opponent, which is kind of what happened last week, yeah. at least from from my perspective. I mean, I, I predicted 34-17 Niners over the Packers, and I think it was kind of a perfect storm of issues for the Niners. The the weather, the rain, the, the layoff after the bye, and really two bye weeks for the Niners. Then you've got... Uh, you know the rust, and then you've got you know maybe underestimating the Packers. It feels wrong to be confident once again, but I can't help but be confident because that's how good this Niners team is. This Niners team, like every game this year, has been a we should win. Whether it was against their three-game losing streak and the Vikings and the Browns and the Bengals, or even if it was against the Ravens on Christmas night, they've they've never once been underdogs. And, and they have a right to not be. But in this game, it feels so disgustingly gross to feel this confident. Like, I could see them winning by 14 points and go, yeah, that makes sense. Like, the Lions have the same chance as San Francisco does. 50-50, right? It doesn't feel that way. It feels like San Francisco has like a 75% chance to win. Which feels just bad like like it shouldn't feel that good to be this confident but is that simply because how good they are is that maybe just how like there's levels to this and the lions are on a lower level than san francisco like earlier this season when san francisco you know had won like five six in a row and we're sitting back saying man like this niners team looks like they could be a team that wins 13 14 games and albeit maybe they should have there was a point where we said this team looks unstoppable. And yeah, there's been some hiccups along the way, but has that wavered at all? Like if I told you MVP caliber quarterback, MVP caliber running back, all pros at left tackle and tight end and receiver, a former all pro, former all pro at receiver named Debo Samuel, and a defense full of superstars. Why shouldn't they win this game? Why shouldn't we feel confident? Like this game simply feels like if it doesn't go San Francisco's way, like I will want to throw up because it should be theirs to win. I think what gives me confidence in this game is you you break down the numbers, and we've spent a lot of our three-plus hours here doing that so far, trying to find the areas where the Niners have the edge, where the Lions have the edge. It's relatively simple. Where the Lions are at their best, Sterling, like, the Niners match them or are better than them in those same categories. Like The Lions are, are by no means a, a bad football team. I'm not saying that at all. I think if, if you've listened to me all day long, you know that I, I respect the hell out of, out of this Lions team. But you just look at some of the numbers. Total net yards this season. So we're looking at the offense here. The Lions are great offensively. But net yards this season. The Lions, the third most net yards in the NFL. Guess what? The Niners, the second most net yards in the NFL. Uh, yards per play this season in the NFL. The Lions, the third most yards per play. The Niners, the most yards per play. 
Uh, you look at the most rushing yards in the NFL this season. The Lions, guess what? The fifth most rushing yards in the NFL this season. The Niners, the third most rushing yards in the NFL this season. What about most rushing touchdowns? The Niners and the Lions both have 27, tied for the most in the NFL. How about uh, most rushing yard or yards per rushing attempt? The Lions, the fifth highest yards per rush average. The Niners, the fourth most highest yards per rush average. Uh, Red zone touchdown efficiency. The Lions, the third best efficiency in the red zone. The Niners, the best efficiency in the red zone. I have like 20 more of these stats I could go to where you have a great Lions offense. Top five in the NFL at all of these statistics. Guess what? The Niners are top three in all of them. (laughs) Like, where the Lions are great, the Niners are great and a little bit better. It's nothing against the Lions. It's just the fact of the matter is, where the Lions are great, the Niners are just a little bit better at almost every single category. Is it the expectation? So, like, San Francisco's proven it all year long as to why they should be favorites, why we should have full confidence in them. But is it because the expectation is you winning a Super Bowl? Like, you're supposed to win this game. Like, last week's game was going to be a win. We knew it was going to be a win. Got scary, but it was going to be a win. It kind of brings you to the, the, the pressure conversation right. or the Lions are playing with house money conversation. Right. Like, Is all of the pressure on the Niners to hold serve in this game, and does that become a factor? Man. I really don't feel that way. I, I don't think that's how NFL teams think. It just feels like the way they think is it's 11 on 11, and we're going to try to kill each other. <laughs> it feels like that's like the end goal. Like It doesn't matter what the stats say, what the numbers say. If we execute at our highest point, we should win. And that goes for both teams. Like The Lions could win this game. But the San Francisco 49ers had the better chance to win this game because their highest play potential, their highest level of play, is just a little bit higher than, than the Lions. Like, if the Lions play a C-plus game and the Niners play a C-plus game, it still favors San Francisco. It's just that simple. Like, the Lions have to play an A-plus game to beat this team. As my camera goes nuts once again. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the YouTube chat. Sterling is glitching all over the I'm place sorry. once again. I'm sorry. Um, I'm in the Spider-Verse. Like, I, man. I think where like the, the underdog versus favorite mentality comes in, it's not necessarily like the Niners being nervous in a big moment. The pressure's on them. I think it's that it encourages the Lions to play in a specific way. And, and we've already talked about the aggressiveness of Dan Campbell. He's aggressive, and it's not to the point of being overly aggressive or being aggressive in moments that he shouldn't. Like, if you're looking at the analytics of it all, and I know analytics is like kind of like a dirty word for a lot of NFL fans, like, yeah. don't trust the math, trust your gut, like, do make the right football decision, screw the analytics, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But if you're looking at some of the analytics, like, when the analytics say, when the math says it's better to go for it on this fourth down than to punt. Like the Bucks in the red zone going for two yeah, last week. Which analytics say that's the right thing to do. In those kind of moments. Would never do that. The Detroit Lions have the fourth highest go for it percentage. It's not like they're just willy-nilly going for it no matter what. They do pick their spots, and when the analytics say it's time to go for it, the Lions are near the top of the NFL in terms of the amount of times, the percentage in which they actually go for it. 
that kind of gets turned up to full blast in a game like this, yep. where you're on the road in your first NFC Championship game in God knows how long. You're trying to win your first road playoff game since 1957. <laughs> you're a seven and a half point underdog. You're going up against one of the greatest offenses in NFL history. You have all pros on the other side of the ball all over the place. It encourages Dan Campbell and the Lions to be even more aggressive. And if there is one area where the Lions have the distinct advantage, it is in that spot. And that's the one thing that worries me more than anything else. If the Lions are aggressive, which is not an if, they will be aggressive, and if they're successful in those moments, they can win this football game. It's going to come down to a number of fourth down decisions. And as Kyle Shanahan said earlier, if the Niners get stops in those moments – You are taking a possession away from Detroit and giving one to yourself, but the challenge is stopping them on fourth and two because they are very good in those situations. Knowing all of that, knowing how aggressive Dan Campbell wants to be, knowing how maybe even more aggressive they might be in a game like this, let's say San Francisco wins the coin flip. Do you defer or do you take the ball? Well, I don't know what I would do, but Shanahan is deferring, no doubt. I think I might take the ball. He's not. Well, just like Shanahan won't. He will defer. He always does. And there's so much value in having the opportunity to lap your opponent. You end the half with the ball. You score. You begin the second half. You score. Now, we've seen that last week not play in San Francisco's favor, but there's so much value in that. But do you want to get the ball first? That way you kind of take away the Lions' ability to have this insanely long drive, they can come out there and you know, almost take away their hyper aggressiveness early. Put an eight minute drive together, like like to me that might favor San Francisco more. Keeping the ball out of Detroit's hands, almost rendering Dan Campbell's aggressiveness kind of nil. I get where you're coming from, but there's no chance. There's no, no chance, chance. Kyle. No, no chance absolutely no chance. Okay, not a snowball's Would chance. Would you in do hell. that though? Probably not. But I. I <laughs> I get I get the argument. Okay. I get where you're coming from, but I don't think I would, and I guarantee you Kyle Shanahan will not. Kyle's a creature of habit. He is, and he's not changing now, which I think is also part of the reason why if you're expecting him to suddenly be incredibly aggressive, guess what? He's not going to change because it's gotten him to three straight champion, conference championship games and four the last five years. So he's going to stick with what got him here, and what got him here is what you saw against the Packers, which at times was frustrating as hell. But he's going to keep it up because that's what Kyle Shanahan does, and it's gotten him a lot of wins. All right, time for one final break here with Grandy and Sterling. By the way, we have an update in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens into the end zone. A deep ball to Zay Flowers. We're tied at 7 in Baltimore. More about that and more Niners and Lions coming up on the other side. And we want to hear from you. we got 30 more minutes before we hand it off to Larry and Lowe on the kickoff show from Santa Clara. That's coming up on the other side. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. More on the other side on 95.7 The Game. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. 30 more minutes with Grandy and Sterling with you here on 95.7 The Game. 
We got a ball game after one quarter in Baltimore, by the way, 7-7. to uh, The Chiefs, though, just converted another third down, uh, and Patrick Mahomes is 10 for 10 through one quarter at the moment. It's 7-7 to in good? Baltimore. That's very good. Can't, be, sure? any, can't be any better than that, actually. Be uh, Brock Purdy. 10... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, perfect through one quarter in Baltimore. It's 7-7, to and the Chiefs are driving once again. We might have a bit of a shootout uh, in that game. I think we're going to get a shootout in Santa Clara today, Really? Sterling. We're now three hours away from kickoff. Sterling and I got you for another 30 minutes, more like 25 minutes, actually more like 20 minutes with you here on 95.7 The Game. 1.30 start, 25 minutes left. You're all over the table today, man. I am. <laughs> I, I wish it, the game kicked off at 1.30 because that would mean we're only an hour away, but we're still three hours away from kickoff. The good news is uh, that gives you plenty of time to hang out with Larry Kruger and Loneal, who are standing by at the Hilton Santa Clara. If show. you are in Santa Clara getting ready to go into Levi's, you can stop by and say what's up to the guys. They're getting ready to come on. They're on at 1. They're with you until 3.30 at kickoff. Uh, and then uh, Sterling and I will be back post-game for overtime. Woo! As always, hopefully it's a happy post-game as it has been for a lot of the season here on 95-7 the game, but still a ton more to look forward to. Uh, the uh, line has moved, Sterling. It's oh. back to a 7-point oh. uh, uh, line in favor of the Niners. It opened at 6.5. It went to 7 pretty quickly. And then I checked this morning. It was up to 7.5. Now it's back down to 7. So a little bit of late money coming well, in on the Lions, you know, what, you know what happened, right? What happened? Oren Burks got ruled out. Oh, They were like, oh, that's worth half a point. <laughs> is he officially ruled out? He is, yes. So What no, about Kalia Davis? Uh, he's already out. Yeah, oh, He man. was... Ruled inactive yesterday. But uh, Curtis Robinson and Willie Sneed the fourth. They might make the team. Well, Oren Burks has been playing. They, they've been trotting out some three linebacker sets pretty uh, honestly kind of often. And they are bad when they trot out three linebacker sets. Well, maybe this is a case of maybe they roll out three safety sets. Jair, Ryan, oh. and Tayshawn Gibson. That'd be kind of fun. Instead of the nickel corner, they just bring out a third safety? Or just, just run four D-backs. So what is that? Run six defensive backs the entire game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> David Montgomery's going to run for 200 no, yards. Jair Brown could play in the box. He's a big guy. So you're just basically using him as a <laughs> as a as linebacker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Instead of as, as another safety. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but the line is down to seven. Uh, before we do get off the air here in about 20 minutes, we will offer you our official predictions of this game. Niners and Lions getting set to do battle in the NFC Championship game. Uh, it's a seven-point line, and the over/under is up to fifty-two and a half. I think there's a really good chance, Sterling, that this turns into a shootout because you have two of the best offenses in the NFL, and you have defenses that have strengths. The Lions, specifically against the run, uh, the Niners are are pretty good against the pass, and the numbers will tell you if you're just looking at the the raw numbers in terms of rushing yards. The Niners' defense actually allows. Uh, some of the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL. But the big reason is because they have consistently built gigantic leads and teams are forced to just throw the ball, not run the ball. Don't be fooled by that, though. The Niners have been one of the worst teams against the run since the the calendar hit December. They've been really, really bad, like their last six games played. What happened? Well, Armstead <laughs> got hurt, right. but... And, he was back last week. It still wasn't... In fact, it was very bad against the run. Uh, maybe you just needed a little bit of time to get back up to speed and get going once again. 
Uh, but if the Niners are going to win, you're going to need at you're going to need a better performance from the front than you got against the Packers uh, on Saturday of last week because this is a Lions rushing attack where they could legitimately have two running backs go for over 100 yards. You could get the grounded pound from Montgomery. He gets 20 carries, four yards a pop, gets close to 100, and then you have Jameer Gibbs who can break off a 40-yard run at any second. And he could ha- he could legitimately have like seven carries for 100 yards. That's how good and explosive Jameer Gibbs is. And the Niners have not shown an ability to, to stop running attacks. Um, so I think there's a good chance that both of these offenses are clicking through a lot of this game, and it might come down to a turnover here, a turnover there, a fourth down stop, um, because I think for most of this game, you'll see the offenses have their ways. This is not only the biggest game of the season, this is the biggest game or the most important game for the defensive line to actually show up. Like If you don't show up today, if you're not getting pressure, if you're not stopping the run, you're not winning. They going to show up? I think so. I don't know if it's going to be sacks or pressures or whatnot, but this game, like, if I had to bet, which I'm not a gambler, my money would be on Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and company to actually show up on the biggest stage outside of the Super Bowl. I mean, if you don't show up, what are we paying you for? If you don't show up, why are you here? Nick Bosa, reigning defensive player of the year. He's doing Part of his job, I'm not getting sacks, but he's at least getting pressure. Hargrave, Armstead, and Chase Young, stop playing like a rotational defensive end and get in the backfield, my friend. Bosa, $170 million, Hargrave, $84 million, Armstead, $85 million. Zero sacks last week. And you've traded a third-round pick for Gregory, or third and, or seventh-round for Gregory and third for Chase Young. A lot of draft capital and money. First-round that- pick in Kinlaw. like. Oh, man. You have invested so much into the defensive line. And it was kind of interesting to hear the way the Niners talked about it this week. And there was a a, a nice article written by Eric Branch uh, in the Chronicle this week. In fact, it came out yesterday. Uh, The Niners have called themselves, specifically the front, the defensive front, quote, like the baddest guys on the planet. Like we are the the baddest dudes out here and we're going to just hit you in the mouth time and time and time again and we're going to dominate you physically. And Eric Branch's whole thought was, are they still the baddest dudes on the planet? Because they haven't played like that. They're, they're making money that says that they are the baddest dudes on the planet, but they have not played like that in quite a while. Can they prove themselves to be those guys once again? And the way that the Niners' defensive front was kind of talking about the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. The lack of sacks and the lack of slowing down the run game this week was kind of interesting. Nick Bosa said, quote, affecting the quarterback in different ways can be just as valuable as sacks. Uh, Sacks not nearly as valuable. Uh, That's true. But you gotta get it. You gotta get a couple. Everybody loves a good sack. Dre Greenlaw was asked about the inability to stop Aaron Jones, and he said, "Quote: First, Aaron Jones is a real, real good back. The way he runs the ball, he doesn't run the ball like a little guy. He runs the ball like he's the biggest guy on the field. That hasn't ever stopped the Niners before. And now you're gonna face David Montgomery, who one of the biggest, more physical running backs in the NFL." There was a point in time this year where they were stopping James Conner. At the time, one of the best running backs to start the season, stuffing Tony Pollard. But there was almost no fear in stopping a running back. And now it's like, you better hope the team doesn't run too much. Like, that's not where you want to be. You want to be a defense that can stuff the run and get to the quarterback. And San Francisco is not stopping the run. And to a certain point lately have not been really getting to the quarterback. If you don't do those things, you can't win against almost anybody in the entire league. Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, an update in Baltimore. The Chiefs just go right down the field. Again, this was a long drive. Some Mahomes magic connecting with a, uh, Kelsey uh, to convert uh, that was a, a big play. first down. Uh, Pacheco into the end zone, though. His seventh consecutive game with a touchdown, the longest active streak in the NFL. It's now 14-7, to well, technically 13-7. to Extra point coming are the Chiefs' two drives and uh, two touchdowns so far. Mahomes playing perfect football, and the Chiefs have an edge in Baltimore right now early in the second quarter. We've got a little more than 10 minutes left with you here on 95.7 The Game. Sterling and Grandy with you. And then we hand it off to Larry and Lowe, who are set up, standing by at the Hilton Santa Clara to get ready for this Niners and Lions NFC Championship game. They're on the air from 1 until 3.30 on the kickoff show. Sterling, let's get to our predictions Ooh. here. Because I want to give us enough time I'm after ready. we give out our predictions to explain why. I don't oh. want to rush it in at the end here. Uh, Niners officially seven-point favorites, and the over-under is 52.5. I've spent a lot of our last nearly four hours talking about uh, the strengths of both of these offenses. I think we see a shootout. I got 35-24 Niners wow. with the win by 11. 35-24. I think the Niners, Niners win 35-24. I can't be that positive. can't be that one-way leaning. I will say 31-28. Oh, that's too close. A very fitting Jake Moody game-winning field goal. Game-winning field goal. So it's going to be tied in the final minute? No, it won't be. What I'll say is it'll be a 10-point 10 10 lead for San Francisco. Lions will go down, score kind of a garbage-time touchdown, make it close, make a say. If they get the onside kick, they have a chance. They don't get it. We end up winning the game. Okay. I mean, a win's a win. 31-28. Who do you think has a, a big day for the Niners offensively to get to 31 points? I think Brandon Ayuk has a touchdown, goes over 100 yards. I think Brock Purdy has himself a three-touchdown day. Three touchdowns. That Lions secondary, like, it's almost like you're playing a bad team. Just 
not the defensive line, just the secondary, it's like you're playing a bottom-ranked secondary in the entire NFL. And today, they are. I will never bet against Brock Purdy in this offense with these weapons against a secondary as bad as Detroit's. I'm with you. I think Brandon Ayuk has a huge game in this game. I said it earlier. I think 100-plus yards, and it gets into the end zone. Uh, I would be willing to take the Ayuk over receiving yards. Give me an anytime touchdown. I'm taking Brock Purdy's over for passing yards. I think this is kind of a classic bounce-back spot where you're not dealing with the weather. You feel a little bit more in rhythm from the beginning because uh, you know he got that game under his belt last week and all of that. I also think... Um, he's he's obviously just a much better quarterback than he was able to show last week. Uh, so I'm thinking he's going to have a fantastic game as well. I'm not sure about three passing touchdowns, but I think he's getting the over for passing yards. Okay. I am, though, a little worried about the Niners' run game, specifically like the official handoffs. I don't think McCaffrey is going to have a gigantic day on the ground. I think there's a very good chance he has like eight catches for 70 yards out of the backfield, and maybe he gets a score through the air. But I think the Lions are going to try their best to make the Niners one-dimensional. And it is a little bit scary for the Lions to have that idea because if you commit to stopping the run, which they're good at doing, but if you commit to doing that, you're only opening your defensive backs up for even more uh, struggles because as you laid out, they are bad defensively on the back end. The Niners should be able to attack all game long, which is why you and I both like Ayuk to have a really big game today. I think it's time for him to announce himself on the postseason stage. He hasn't really done that yet. We've seen it in regular season games. Week one this year, he, he dominated against a good Pittsburgh defense. He hasn't really had that moment in the playoffs yet. I think today is that day. He goes over 100, gets into the end zone. It's Purdy and Ayuk all day long. Not as much from the Niners on the ground. How many times do we hear the Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk? Because <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen at least once today. Like Brandon Ayuk, this game is tailor-made for him to have a big performance. Debo Samuel's back. You force Detroit into playing nickel. You get these one-on-ones with Sutton and Vildor. And you can cook these guys. We've seen IU just utterly dominate Trevon Diggs in the playoffs just two years ago. Why wouldn't the same thing happen against Vildor and Cameron Sutton? Guys who, yeah, they're respectable. Sutton's had a good career prior to being in Detroit. But Brandon Ayuk is, if not the best, one of the best route-running receivers in the entire league. And just like my screen you know, on YouTube chat... I think he's going to come up big when it matters most with five minutes left in the show. Okay, I like it. <laughs> if, if you need another reason why Ayuk is going to have a day and why this is tailor-made for Brandon Ayuk, look no further than what opposing wide receiver ones have done against the Lions recently. Their last five games played, the Lions' last five games played, uh, last time out, last week against the Buccaneers, uh, Mike Evans, eight for 147 and a touchdown. Uh, the wild card round, Puka Nakua, 9 for 181 and a touchdown. End of the regular season, Justin Jefferson, 12 for 192 and a touchdown. Uh, before that, C.D. Lamb, 13 for 227 and a touchdown. And then Justin Jefferson again, 6 for 141 and a touchdown. This is a Lions defense that even if they're trying to stop the pass like they were last week against Mike Evans, they can be had. They are one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL, and the Niners 
should trust Brock Purdy to let it rip. Let it rip, Brock. Let it freaking rip because there are opportunities all over the field in the passing game, whether it is the short passing game that makes the Niners one of the better offenses in the NFL. If it's Kittle over the middle, McCaffrey out of the backfield, if it's Debo Samuel on a wide receiver screen, all of that is good for the 49ers. But there is so much room down the field. And with, I think, the Lions committing to stopping the run early, they're going to dare Purdy to beat him down the field. And I think today he says, all right, thanks, Detroit, because I'm going <laughs> to, and Ayuk goes off. And even if Purdy is having himself a good game, what does that do then? It opens up McCaffrey to do what McCaffrey does best, get you five, six yards a carry and get you into the end zone. I also wouldn't be surprised if Brock Purdy has a great game, but CMC gets all the touchdowns. Like This is a game where it feels True. like Purdy marches They get down, down to the two-yard line. Right, and he punches it in. Uh, I also have a weird feeling that Kyle Juszczyk is going to find the end zone today. Whoa. Like, of all the days, Shanahan's going to be like, what's in my bag? You hear some wrestling? Oh, it's a wild Kyle Juszczyk, and he's going to score a touchdown. And, and you're going to hear, not, not golf, golf, golf. You're going to hear juice, juice. And we're all going to be sitting here saying, let's go San Francisco. And San Francisco's going to have the lead. They're going to get the win. Oh, I'm, Mark, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting really pumped right now. The energy's spiking. Two and a half hours away. Woo! We're right there. Two hours away. I'm telling you now, I'm going to go and get some food after this, and we're going to get pumped. Because San Francisco's playing in the NFC Championship, one win away, 60 minutes away from going back to the Super Bowl, where it's haunted us since 1994, 1995. I wasn't even alive yet when they won their last one. I need to win this game. We need to win this game. You need to win this game. I feel empty-handed, and I want to feel the miraculous, amazing, immaculate Lombardi trophy in my hands. Just once. Just once. I said it last week. I I ended up proving to be wrong um, because I thought that the Niners, after a long layoff and after the, the disappointment of Christmas Day, the loss to the Ravens, I thought the 49ers were going to come out and remind everyone just how good of a team they are. I thought that was going to happen last time out against against the Packers. It did not quite happen. I think, though, I was just a week early. I think it happens today for the 49ers. Again, my final score prediction, Niners 35 and the Lions 24. I think this is a dominant win for the 49ers. It's it's nothing against the Detroit Lions. I said it pre, pre in the preseason. I think this is one of the best teams in the NFL. I I love Dan Campbell. Sterling likes to poke fun at me. I called Jared Goff a dark horse MVP candidate. Sterling loves to laugh at me for that. He and wasn't jacking it this year, It man. wasn't that wasn't. terrible of a take. I mean, they won 12 <laughs> games in the regular season. If Lamar Jackson... He was really good this year. He was really, really good this yeah. year. It was a good pick by you. But if the 49ers put pressure on him, he will turn back into a pumpkin. And he's 0-5 in his last five games against the 49ers. And it's not just like he's played great and his team has lost. He makes big mistakes against the Niners. Fred Warner, multiple pick sixes against him. It It is bound to happen that he's going to give you one or two today. And if that happens and Purdy takes care of the ball, there is almost no way. If the Niners win the turnover battle, there's almost no way they lose this game. 
it feels like that there's almost no way they lose this game no matter what happens, right? Eh, I mean, I mean, yes. If Jared Goff turns into you know prime Joe Montana and goes nuts, maybe. But it feels like that the Lions convert on fourth downs, and if they're able to get like their run game six yards, five yards a carry, they'll be in this game because they will shrink the game. They will have like. 15 play drives that take up seven minutes a clock. They'll play keep away from the Niners offense, and they will stay in this game. If the Niners can limit the run, they'll be good. But if the Lions dominate in the trenches, that offensive line against this Niners front, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a, a good game. The Niners front has to step up. Do what you're paid to do, rush the passer, and get David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs to the ground. What was the old Patriots way, right? Do your job. San Francisco, Bill Belichick, he gone, out of New England. You're Kyle Shanahan. You have to look at Javon Hargrave right in the eyes. Eric Armstead right in the eyes. Nick Bosa in his calm, amazing brown eyes and say, hey, you need to do your job. If you do your job, you make our job, the offense's job, 10 times easier. You take all the pressure off Brock Purdy, which he can face it. He's great under pressure. But heck, guess what? How about he plays with no pressure at all? Wouldn't that be great? Your offensive line, you have to do your job. You stop Aiden Hutchinson, you stop the Lions' pass rush. And if you're Brock Purdy and everyone else is doing their job, it makes your job 10 times easier. Let's cook these suckers, man. Let's Two and a half hours away, Sterling. I want to grill myself some lion on the safari. <laughs> We're poaching some lions today, baby. Let's uh, go. Oh God. Let's go. By the way, we got to sign off here in a minute. An update in Baltimore. Was that Charles Amenehu, former Niner oh, with a strip man. sack of Lamar Woo. Jackson? The Chiefs have the ball back in the red zone with a seven-point lead already. Eight minutes to go. And I guess not quite in the red zone, but they're right outside the red it's zone. They have off. a chance to take its two-score lead with a strip sack uh, of Lamar Jackson. The Niners uh, looking to uh, face off against the winner of this team in the Super Bowl. Right now, the Chiefs have the advantage up 14-7 to about halfway through the second quarter, and they are driving once again. All right. Sterling is uh, he's foaming at the mouth. I'm ready. Two and a half hours from kickoff. That'll do it for Grandy and Sterling here on 95.7 The Game. Larry Kruger, Low Neal, they're standing by at the Hilton Santa Clara getting you ready for kickoff. They'll take you all the way up until 3.30 when Niners and Lions kick off from Levi Stadium. And then Sterling and I will be right back after the game, win or lose with overtime, so don't go anywhere. More Niners coverage before they take on the Lions in the NFC title game coming up next for Sterling Bennett, for Chris O'Connell behind the glass. My name is Mark Grandy signing off. Also, a big shout-out to Evan Giddings for helping us through the first couple of hours. My name is Mark Grandy. Thanks for tuning in to the kickoff show with Larry and Lowe next on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.